the Observing Fulton podcast, we are interviewing Amy All. She's a longtime Fulton resident, a musician, and a museum educator. There you go. <laughs> All right. Amy, thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Of course. It's, it's a real pleasure to have you here today. So it's just let's start with um, a brief introduction. Tell me a little bit about yourself. What should the audience know about you? Oh, gosh. Um, uh, well, I like to say I wasn't born in Fullerton, but I got here as soon as I could mm-hmm. <laughs> in uh, 1972. So I'm a product of, you know, Fullerton schools and Fullerton... Fullerton High School, Fullerton College, and Cal State Fullerton. Um, so I really love this town. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned earlier that you are a musician, you're an arts educator, a museum educator. Yeah. So is that one of your, you know, the, the creativity aspect of it is one of your passions? Yes, yes. I come from a musical family, mm-hmm. um, and I've always been interested in, in uh, you know, music and visual arts and um, pursued both of them. Um, my training is in music. I got a, a bachelor of music degree from Cal State Fullerton, um, but I've always been interested in, in so many other things and kind of uh, fell into a career in museum education, which was really perfect for my varied interests and um, love of children, love of teaching, enthusiasm for learning and sharing ideas, especially through the arts and through informal education. Um, so I have been very fortunate to be able to find uh, avenues of creativity that also manage to uh, kind of pay the mortgage, you know, <laughs> so I'm pretty lucky. Yeah, that's certainly, I think with, uh, with artists, that's certainly a privilege. It, it's really hard, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I've been very fortunate. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think you deserve all of that. So um, you actually have a really good history with us, the Fulton Observer. Yeah. So you worked with the founder. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, it, w- it was wonderful. I was not a founding member of the, the Fullerton Observer, but I joined, I was looking through some old archives to try to figure out when exactly did I join. I think it was 81 or 82 mm-hmm. when I was like fresh out of high school, and that was um, it was kind of I would ma- magical time in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um, where um, you know there was there was always there always been political tensions and and stuff like that in, in any community but this was a, a time of, uh, of you know creativity and uh, civic engagement and dialogue and uh, Ralph Kennedy was just such a huge part of that showing up at city council meetings and making his voice heard and um, uh, standing up for the for the underdog and um, he was listened to and respected even by people who didn't agree with him it was a very um, kind of a wonderful time you know we all had eighth grade civics and we were told you know to be civically engaged and I took that to heart as did many of the people of my generation and my way of being civically engaged was you know working on the observer and um, you know trying to uh, contribute to local nonprofit journalism because even back then the writing was on the wall mm-hmm. about uh, local papers going under and local uh, coverage being sort of uh, regionalized nationalized so uh, I felt that was very very important and of course Ralph Kennedy, uh, you know, had that vision long, long before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I was uh, looking into this a little bit. And I think the stats are something around two newspapers or something go under every week. Right, um, right. But I didn't realize it was that far. <coughs> it was, back. it was. You know, the the writing was on the wall back then, even mm-hmm. long before the internet age. Uh, so Ralph really uh, 
kept that alive and, and I think would be just so proud of what uh, what you guys are doing with the paper. You would <laughs> hope so. I, I, I would hope so. Alive. I think so. When, what kind of stories were you writing um, at that time? Um, I started the, um, uh, well I did some cartooning and I started the uh, uh, Community and Fine Arts Calendar. Mm -hmm. And uh, you have to realize that this was long before the internet age. You know, it's not like you could click on something and find out what was going on around town. Right. Uh, I literally had to get on the phone, you know, those, those, those things that used to, uh, you know, <laughs> have, have lines into the wall mm -hmm. and, and call Fullerton College and go, hi, this is Amy from the Observer. Uh, you know, what's going on the month of November? And, and a human on the other end would say, well, as a matter of fact, we have this going on. Now. So it was a matter of like call, literally calling people and talking to people and asking what they had coming up. And, oh, do you have a picture you can send us? Um, you know, uh, and, and typing it up like on a typewriter, an onion skin newspaper, you know, with like white out and then delivering it to, you know, putting it in the mailbox and then calling Ralph and saying, okay, the community cal calendar's in the mailbox, go, go check it out, you know, and then somebody else would, would type it and, and put it in. Um, so that was, you know, like real old school, you know, journalism. Uh, and uh, so that was neat, that was fun. Um, I also did some uh, some opinion pieces uh, when I became a city employee in uh, 1989. Um, that had to go away. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think in the community calendar has still survived to this day. Right. And it's in, but now it is digital. You can click on something, it will take you to a right. separate link. And, but it's still a resource that's available, and that's all thanks to you. Yeah, yeah. Well, so it was at Ralph's instigation, you know. Mm -hmm. he, 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 uh, he, he called the shots. He even told me the, the, uh, the, the, the creative uh, process in doing some of the uh, editorial cartoons was hilarious because he goes, okay, what I want to see is, uh, you know, I want a caricature of, you know, whoever he would name some politician. I go, well, what does he look like? And, you know, we didn't, it's not like we could go on Google search. You know, yeah. he goes, well, he's, he's a white guy and he has like kind of a high forehead. And, you know, so I like draw pictures of what he was describing over the phone or, or go to a council meeting to try to look at this guy. He goes, is that the guy you're talking about? You know, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I did the cartoons. Um, I did the cartoons too, and it was a, a really a fun, vibrant, uh, creative process. And of course, there were the annual observer dinners, yeah. where Natalie would cook for all of us, and um, we we'd have a nice party at their house and sit in the backyard, and uh, it was good times. Yeah, it, it's a community coming together to Very keep much something so. like this alive, and I I would hope so that that continues. You know, well, yeah. that's that's the vision that um, I mean, you might have policies, programs, whatever you have, what it all comes down to is people and, right. and relationships between actual people in actual living spaces in actual communities. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's, that's the vision Ralph had, certainly. Yeah, and a print, a print newspaper yeah. is so integral to keeping those relationships so and keeping that community um, going and informed and mm -hmm. transparent and accountable, mm -hmm. I think, on all ends. So it's, it's, it's just, it's so... It's such a fangirl moment for me. To I know. Be sitting with you, <laughs> talking about the founding of this paper uh, when we're trying to kind of bridge it with the digital age. Right. Um, right. So it's you know. Well, it's not impossible. I mean, I'm I'm more on the luddite side of things, but I think there there is a possibility. There is a place for digital media in creating true community, and right. I think that's that's your generation's challenge. Yeah, it's a reality now yeah. because I think uh, Emma and I here behind the scenes uh, have yeah. this conversation uh, about, we have these conversations as social media managers and people right, that it's, right. 
it has all of these bad aspects to it, right? You have right. the addiction, you have the... Uh, it, it's just it's the mindless scrolling and yeah, the negativity yeah. and the toxicity. But then there's also this other side of community because everyone's on there, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So if everyone's on there, that's where you reach them. It could be positive if you curate it that way. I, I think there, yeah, we, we have yet to to figure it out. You know, this is a young young media, um, you know, and I, what, you know, I, I, the, the 20 years we've been doing this. Um, I remember when my daughter, who is now 23, was young and first in school. Um, um, I used to work at Natural History Museum in LA. And it was, it was, it was yeah, fantastic experience. Um, and we had a digital guy there, Jim Angus, who was, uh, he's still around, he's a digital, you know, whiz, really uh, understood um, the impact of the internet in particular, but computers uh, long before anybody else had, had thought about this. And I remember having long conversations with him. We sometimes commuted together about, should I even expose my child to a computer? I was, I did not want her touching a computer, having computers, screens anywhere in her life. Mm -hmm. uh, I was very, very suspicious of this new thing. And, and he was very wise, and I know there's, there's positive and negative, but I would, you know, um, as a parent, just wait a long time. You know, if she has access to a computer a couple of times a week, that's not going to hurt her. Um, and honestly, I kind of think that's still good advice. Yeah. Um, you know, we're carrying these computers around in our pockets, but, you know, to get on my little Luddite soapbox, I, I think the 20-year the, the experiment is over the data is in and it's not very good. Mm -hmm. So much like with, you know, big tobacco, when we figured out that, oh yeah, this is really bad stuff, maybe we shouldn't be doing it. Maybe we shouldn't be doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe we need to back away. Yeah. I think we need to limit our exposure and we need to limit yeah. like how much, you know, our screen times are what, five, eight, ten hours a day. Oh, and little and kids are getting screens. Like, no, no. Yeah. That's and they can't live without them. They won't eat without them. They can't, yeah. you know. It, it's not okay like the the communication for instance you and I are sitting here and and there's more going on than just the visual or the audio you know there, there's electromagnetic things going on there's pheromones going on you know human con human communication and especially child development is very complex mm -hmm. and and it you know it it can't be managed digitally right right so, so staying on that topic of human connection mm -hmm. and community. Um, you and Christina Gardner you created the haunted walking tours of Fullerton Museum Center. So what was the intention behind this museum tour and what do you think the impact has been? Oh my gosh, the haunted Fullerton walking tours uh, was a museum program and um, a lot of people were involved. Christina uh, is one of the original ghost guides who, uh, uh, she's somebody else you might want to interview, brings, brings a wonderful creative flair to everything she does. Um, back in, I think it was 2000, when I was working at the museum, our then director, Joe Fells, um, really, really creative uh, man, you know, put the whole staff together, it goes, okay, we have to come up with a Halloween event, you know, because there's some ghost stories around the village of Seoul, and let's, you know, let's do a fundraiser, and we were throwing around ideas, talking about maybe having, you know, costumed actors jump out as ghosts <laughs> and stuff like that. And I was the museum educator, you know, and so I was like, hold well, us, stop, stop, we're a museum. You know, we're, we're a, a trusted educational institution. Um, you know, I, I don't think we should be just, you know, doing a, doing a, 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 a 
teenage basement haunted house event. I think we should make this a scholarly <laughs> educational event. And so, um, you know, because he, he, he was such a, a great supervisor and, and really encouraged me uh, and, and other staff members to grow and to, to pursue their passions. He goes, okay, go for it, you know. Go, go to the microfiche back in the day, you know, do the research, see what you can do, interview people. And people came out of the woodwork. It was amazing, all the ghost stories that came out of the woodwork. Uh, Mike Rito was a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Randy Mudrick, um, Sylvia Palmer Mudrick. Uh, who else was involved in the early? Uh, uh, Tony Gonzalez from um, uh, the auditorium. Uh, John Reed from Les Potagers. And if I left anybody else, I'm sorry, but a lot of people shared their their ghost stories with me. Mm-hmm. So I was lucky enough. Oh, Dave Dial, who used to be the manager of Heroes. I was lucky enough to just go around and interview people who had had these sort of ghostly experiences and get their firsthand information and then go to the uh, local history room at the Florida Public Library and do research on the history of the buildings and some of the historical people who were involved and um, really put together a, a a really fun tour Mm -hmm. and then a couple years into the tour uh, we fell in with a group of paranormal researchers NOPS North Orange County Paranormal Society who um, actually investigate haunted spaces and um, what I think the haunted tour has done and what I hope it has done again it's all about building community if you can look at anything in my my whole career and and what I seek to do is to build community get people out of their cars, walking, talking to each other, and discovering um, things around Fullerton. And so really the haunted tour, all the stories are true, you know, as to whether they're supernatural or not. We'll leave that up to the, you know, the audience to decide. But um, all the stories are true in that they were collected and verified from primary sources. And People get into places that they never even knew existed on the haunted tour. Plus, they're walking and talking with people they didn't know before that evening, and so it's it's just really cool. Yeah. So, so where can people access um, inform- more information about these tours, and where can they sign up? Um, well, the Haunted Fullerton Walking Tour is a museum program. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you go to the Fullerton Museum Center uh, website. I know they're going on. I don't know, you know, because I don't work there anymore. I'm still I'm volunteering um, on the haunted tours, uh, off work time. Uh, but yeah, go to the museum website, and I know there are spaces available. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's 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 a great tour. It's a great time. Yeah, and what a great community project, especially uh, thinking it's, you know, it's October. It's almost. I Halloween. know. I know. It's 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 fun. Yeah, so another one of your projects, you know, last year the Fulton Zero wrote a story that you and a few friends um, have lawn concerts on Christina's front lawn yeah. called Lawn Jazz. So what inspired this project? Oh my gosh. Um, well, uh, there's a number of musicians and musical families around town do, who uh, started to do uh, lawn concerts during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and Christina's concerts were called uh, the Six Foot Sessions, or are, actually we've got one doing one this coming Friday. We're doing a end of season Oktoberfest. So that's Friday the 
first. I don't know if this podcast will be out. It by will. Then. Okay. Okay. Come to Oktoberfest. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Christina started this. We call them the six foot sessions because uh, in the early days of the pandemic, we were, you know, under a lockdown, but a lot of people were walking. You know, especially around the Golden Hill neighborhood because that's such a nice neighborhood for walking. And so Christina put together these concerts. Um, uh, she plays the accordion. Her husband Jim is a fiddler. In fact, he and I play in a band together. Uh, my husband is a, um, uh, plays bass and tuba. I play flute and uh, whistles. And then um, um, Chris Heaton, a retired uh, science teacher from Troy High School, he plays uh -huh. guitar. And so, you know, before we had our vaccines or anything like that, we're on the front lawn. We're literally six feet apart from each other and playing these themed concerts. And then Christina acted as the uh, the MC and sort of tying the pieces together and entertaining the audience and it's a, it's been a huge hit I mean lots of people come with their their lawn chairs and their picnics <laughs> and the, uh, the price of admission was some canned or durable food or hygiene products for Pathways of Hope Aww. so uh, really cool fun stuff and it is still going on and then uh, lawn jazz is uh, my brother's uh, group um, called the Dixie Delics, and they do a concert once a month on the front lawn of uh, my brother's house in the Golden Hill neighborhood. Um, be, I don't want to give out the address. Right. Just keep walking around until you. Just find keep walking it. around. Yeah. Follow. Yeah. Yeah. Follow the sound of the music. Yeah. Pied Piper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, Recently, uh, you won the fight against cancer. So, h how did that journey affect your life, and how how did you get through it? <laughs> well, uh, first of all, I should say the the reports of my victory are uh, somewhat exaggerated. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's not it's not something you ever walk away from. Right. Um, uh, while I have completed what they tell me is the most uh, uh, aggressive part of my treatment, it really is a, um, a lifelong um, journey. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's, it's, it's very difficult. It continues to be difficult, I think. If I would have anything to say to somebody who is going through that journey, um, you know, don't think too far ahead. Take it one step at a time. Um, and and uh, don't go looking up stuff on Dr. Google. <laughs> You're just going to scare the daylights out of yourself. So just breathe deep and carry on. Yeah. That's, such a, that's, a, that's <laughs> such a positive mindset and outlook to have. Yeah, yeah. Cause you, you get you get nervous, you get anxious, and you think you're going to find something, something that's going to make you feel better. No, trust me, you're not. You just don't do it. Right. <laughs> Talk to your doctor. Do what you need to do, but um, not Google. Don't just don't. Yeah, no. Not the internet. No. So what is next for Amy? You know, what kind of projects are you working on? What should we anticipate? Well, I am really, really, really fortunate to have a great job. I work at the Fullerton Community Center mm -hmm. uh, in, in Parks and Recreation. And uh, my, my duties include assisting with uh, senior and community programs. Uh, and so I have a lot of creative uh, freedom to, to make in-house programs. Yeah. So I'm taking a lot of the skills from my, you know, 28 years in museum education and transferring them now to the community center. So really exciting new stuff going on. We are going to have a senior drumming circle. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Drumming in community is powerful. You don't need to be a musician, you know. But we're, yeah, we have the drums. 
and I'm, get, I'm getting some facilitating training, doing some drumming. So we're going to have a senior drumming circle, sing-along, old-fashioned sing-along, an ice cream social. Uh, we are doing a program called uh, Discover Fullerton on Foot, which started during the pandemic to get senior citizens out walking around, getting exercise, and also learning about uh, cool things in Fullerton. It's another thing that Christina is involved in. Uh, we have a Civic Center tour. We have a New Deal tour. We have a Fullerton Mysteries tour. These are online tours. They started during the pandemic, but now that we're in a little safer place, we are taking groups out in person and doing guided walking tours on Saturday mornings. And we have a small group of dedicated volunteers who love Fullerton history. So I'm kind of like the leader of that little cadre <laughs> of, of Fullerton geeks. And uh, these tours are like filling up. Yeah. They're all free. Um, it, you just have to make a reservation. Um, and then another program I started um, at the community center is called Art at Home. Again, that was during the pandemic, uh, where uh, seniors could pick up an art kit that had everything they needed to make a, a beautiful, open-ended, not just a craft like put these things together, but open-ended self-expression creative art. Mm -hmm. And what we focused on was the work of um, artists who did some of their best work in their older adult years, uh, uh, Claude Monet, um, Georgia O'Keeffe, uh, Alma Thomas, people who, you know, and I put pictures of, you know, people in their 80s and their 90s, vibrant, alive, creating, making art uh, to, to inspire our seniors to, to do the same. Um, and that has morphed, it's still going on, uh, but it's also morphed into a program called Crafternoons that I do with my co-worker, Sophia Flores, mm -hmm. who is a wonderfully creative artist. And um, we do once a month in-house uh, art programs for seniors, and those, those fill up too. We have a great time, and people have a good time being creative. So there's just lot, lots of really creative, exciting stuff going on at the community center that I'm, I'm just so thankful to be involved in and I'm so thankful to be well enough to participate in it again mm -hmm. yeah that's that's it's huge yeah it's a real blessing and I all of these the way you talk about these tours makes me want to go on one, oh yeah Fullerton is such a great walkable town it yeah. is people don't realize it they're in their cars all the time yeah and and the town is old enough that it wasn't really designed for cars yeah. and so if you get out of your car and start walking around you'd be amazed at what you find right Right, it is truly amazing. Before I had a car, I would walk to Fulton High School, to Fullerton College. I went to Fullerton High School too. Yeah, Yay. just the last year, <laughs> senior year. But yeah, and I went to Fulton College for two mm -hmm. years, and and I would walk. I I don't. I to this day, I don't really know how parking lots function at both of those schools because I never <laughs> took my car. Right, right. Um, so it, it's it's kind of weird. And anytime I have a chance and a choice, you know, I still go on foot and yeah. walk a lot on Fullerton. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's such a beautiful town. I think you can see the history as you Right. Walk. So I think definitely going on one of those guided tours. I oh, please do. do. Please so, do. So where do people find more information? Uh, the Fullerton Community Center. Mm -hmm. um, just give us a call, 714-738-6575. Uh, <laughs> Ask about Discover Fullerton on Foot, Art at Home, Crafternoons, Senior Drum Circles, uh, Sing-alongs. Uh, we're, we're doing it all over there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Please, everyone, reach out uh, yeah. and get more involved. And I said they are filling up, so hurry, hurry, hurry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much. You know, this is, I think, the contributions that you have made, not only to the Observer, but all over to Fullerton, mm -hmm. even to L.A., working, you know, mm -hmm. in a museum there. It's it's truly inspiring, I think, as 
I wouldn't want, like, I'm not super artistic, but as <laughs> somebody who is trying to get more involved in the community and trying to bind the community together, yeah. um, to see this kind of work and the fact that you've done it all your life, you know, yeah. that truly is really inspiring. Well, I have been nurtured by this community, too. It's yeah. it's definitely a, a circular thing. You know, this, yeah. this, this community educated me and nurtured me, and now I'm, you know, educating and nurturing and, and being involved in it. So it's, you know, it's Fullerton. It's a full circle. <laughs> <laughs> so who else, um, from, apart from Christina Gardner, should oh, yeah. interview on this podcast? Oh, yeah, Senora Gardner, for sure. Yeah. Ooh, who should you interview for this podcast? Um, you know, Ann Patrick Green, uh, the owner of Patrick's Musician Music, music School. Um, she has been involved in the arts community for many years. In fact, she gave me my first like music job when I was like 18 years old, mm -hmm. teaching teaching flute. Um, and she has seen like night in Fullerton and some of the events come and go. She's been very involved in the uh, the the musical life of of this community. So I think she'd be a good person to interview. Um, Elvia. Rubalkava, the director of the Fullerton Museum Center, because she oversaw the transition from city to private nonprofit, um, and and you know is is at the helm of that uh, transition right now. So that's a that's an inspirational story. Plus, she's also uh, carrying on her own career as a as a playwright and a poet. Can't think of any right now, but I'll let Those you know when I go. Really yeah. amazing, um, really amazing recommendations. We did a oh, couple. Oh, Catherine. Of what about Catherine? Catherine England. Catherine England. Yes, yeah. she has been on my list for a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. Get her in here for sure. Yeah. Catherine England. Yeah, we actually did a few, uh, a couple of I think, uh, walking tours of Fulton Museum Center, different exhibitions with yeah, yeah. Kava, but they weren't personal interviews per se. It was more about the museum and the museum's history and what that exhibition was yeah. about. So I think we definitely need to have her come back. Like yeah. in this setting and talk about herself. I think she has a unique unique perspective on the role of the arts in community. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And I just want to say how much I love the Fulton Museum Center. It's truly such a fantastic space to yeah. be in. I'm I'm sad I you know, um sad I don't work there anymore, but I'm just so grateful to be at the community center. Um and I'm just so thrilled that the museum is thriving. Yeah. You know, it's it's great which we'll add more information about the museum yeah. somewhere over here as well. <laughs> um, I think everyone should visit. It's absolutely a, a true experience because from the outside, I don't know who it was. Somebody was telling me, look, it's outside looks like a little house. But then you go in and it's big. Right, right. And there's so much to see. And the gift shop is just so fantastic. The building itself is fascinating, and yeah. Elvia will be able to tell you about that. It's history. It's a WPA uh, yeah. library. There's all sorts of really interesting nooks and crannies and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, cool. it's certainly a cool place to visit. So thank you so much, Amy. Thank you thank for you. telling me about all of this local history and all of our viewers. I think we all really appreciate that. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me.